Today's show is brought to you by Gamefly.com. Sign up for a free premium 30-day trial specifically for the listeners of Geekspace 9 at the URL GameflyOffer.com slash GS9. Again, that is GameflyOffer.com slash the letter G, the letter S, and the number 9. Welcome to Geek Space Nine, the Tuscan Media Network podcast where we discover and or rediscover the classic Star Trek series, Geek Space Nine. With me, as always, is Peter Dancy. How are you, Peter? I am doing pretty awesome. Um, ex- despite despite like the muggy, super muggy, dreary weather outside, I am pretty happy because I because my manager let me play Breath of the Wild on his Switch during lunch during my lunch break at work today, and I caught a horse, and his name is Bucky. <laughs> nice. Nice. First try, I, too. I caught a horse, and I, I named it Shadowfax. Yes. <laughs> I, I love it. Yes. All right. How are you, Sarah Becker? I'm, I'm pretty good. My, uh, my band has a gig tomorrow. And oh, I'm awesome. Half excited, half nervous, half dreading playing for four hours straight oh wow i mean we get breaks but still that is that is a very long time yeah right? that's a very long time making music i don't know because it's saint patrick's day and oh that's yeah that's i don't true. know why for some reason they've only booked one band maybe so they wouldn't have to pay as much money yeah yeah Likely. Yeah. And it's it's fun. It's at my favorite bar, so like it's it's gonna be a good time. I'm just gonna that's be good. exhausted by the end of the night. It's like, oh, it's 10. I'm done celebrating St. Patrick's Day. I'm going to go pass out now. Right. <laughs> and not from being wasted, from being tired. No, I understand. Yeah. I have a friend who works at a, a big party bar place. And he's like, I, I hate it because now holidays have no meaning. Like, I hate them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, because mm-hmm. like, it's, it means to him he makes a shit ton of money. But it doesn't, uh, doesn't mean he gets to party at all. So Yeah. I understand. And for for me, you know, church holidays. Now that I work at a church, mean I have so much music to learn. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> what is Easter music? And what do I have to learn? Easter with? music is hard. All right. I can you know, imagine. Christ, Christmas music is okay because like everybody knows it, but like you know, you learn about all these hymns for Easter that you've never heard of before. And they're like, oh, we're, we're going to make them really flashy and exciting because they're for Easter, which is sort of the raison d'être of Christianity. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. so it, it's bark in basement, you know. I mean, I, I mean, honestly, I mean, honestly, Sarah, you even saying music specifically for Easter, like that doesn't register for me because I because. I myself grew up in the church, and it's like I don't remember any specific songs other than like, uh, other than like, particular ones where where it talks about Jesus big like Jesus coming back from like coming back to life, but nothing specifically for Easter. So it's like, what yeah. are you talking about for me? Mm-hmm. I also feel like Sarah, correct me if I'm wrong. I feel like songs that are about happy things are much harder to learn than songs that are about depressing things well for one thing they're traditionally faster mm, so right. that can be that's true harder to do it's like with. it's all like guys jesus came back yeah yeah like, triumphant there's right. lots of stuff and a lot more notes i guess but you can you can play sad music all day with like four notes and it's great 
<laughs> exactly. <laughs> I don't know. And don't also, know. it's not just Easter week. It's Monday, Thursday, and Good mm-hmm. Friday, oh, and then right. Easter Sunday. <laughs> All on the same weekend. Oh, boy. Uh, Friends, when we were recording this episode, it's during the season of Lent, so I'm just now starting to think about Easter, which is exactly one month away. Oh, God. This will come out past that. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like I I said before, we date date ourselves hard. Mm -hmm. Indeed, we do. But this week, we are discussing season four, episode uh, five, and episode six, which is Indiscretion and Rejoined. So first up is Indiscretion. The Depression train keeps on rolling, this time with Gull Ducat. A Bajoran smuggler tells Kira that he has recovered a piece of debris that seems to be from the Ravenok, the Cardassian prison ship that disappeared six years ago without a trace. Kira is invested, as Lorit Ackerm, the man who convinced her to join the Bajoran resistance, is aboard. Kira is distressed to learn that Cardassians demand she be accompanied by a Cardassian envoy, and she becomes even more distressed when she learns that that person is Gull Dukat. The true the duo travel to the smuggler, and along the way, Kira reveals her history with Akram, while Dukat is far more cagey about his reasons for the trip. The smuggler gives them the location where the Ferengi found the scrap metal, and Dukat and Kira discover the crash site in the California desert. I mean, an abandoned <laughs> desert plain. <laughs> they discover twelve graves, not as many as were on the original manifest. Dukat demands to identify the body of the deceased, but also requests total privacy. While Kira investigates the ship's logs, Dukat discovers an object that causes him to freeze up. Kira notices it is a Cardassian promised circlet, and Dukat admits it was from his mistress. He reveals he had a long-standing affair with a Bajoran woman, and that she was aboard the Ravenok when it went down. Kira does not discover the body of her friend, so she and Dukat make camp to look for possible survivors. During the night, Kira presses Dukat that she discovered his mistress had a daughter aboard, Tora Zael, and Dukat admits it is his illegitimate daughter. Even worse, Dukat tells Kira that if he finds Zael alive, he will have to kill her, as she is too big of a risk to his already rocky place in the new Cardassian government. Kira tells Dukat he won't allow it, but Dukat doesn't give in. They discover a group of Bajorans and Cardassians held prisoner by the Breen, an alien race who live inside cold, pressurized suits to live off-world. The Breen were the ones who shot down the ship and captured the prisoners to force them to mine dilithium crystals. Things become complicated when Kira and Dukat see that Zael is indeed still alive. The duo take out some Breen and, in disguise, break into the camp. They easily take it over, but Dukat gets to Zael first. Zael's happy to see her father, but Dukat points a gun at her. Kira arrives and begs Dukat not to do it. Zael says she would rather die than not be with Dukat anymore, and Dukat gives in and decides to take her with him. The duo save the prisoners, but Lord Akem had already deceased many years ago. Back on DS9, Kira runs into Dukat and Zael. He reveals he is going to accept Zael as his daughter, and will face whatever consequences that will come of that. During all this, Sisko has perhaps an even more tense situation on his hands. As Cassidy reveals, she is considering taking a job with the Bajoran government, one that would keep her on the station more often. Even more, she is considering moving on to the station to live permanently. Benjamin is rather shooken by this, calling it, quote, a big step, and Cassidy shuns him for his lack of commitment. Jake shames Ben into asking Cassidy to take the job for the Bajorans, 
but Cassidy reveals she already took it. What do we think of indiscretion? Proof that Goldicott has a thing for Bajoran ladies. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah, I love that's the first does. thing you point out. It's just like, yeah, yeah, you're right. That's true. He does. Yep. Yep. Uh-huh. It's yes. funny, too, because we made fun of the fact that the memory alpha page uh, clearly seems to be Goldicott looking at Kira's ass. Yep. yep. That is exactly <laughs> what's happening in mm-hmm. that picture. <laughs> and it kind of sums up the episode a little bit. Yep. Yep. That's that's definitely going to be a thing later. I haven't read that anywhere, but I am pretty convinced that's oh, going to yeah. be a thing. Even whether if, Kira will be into it, I don't know. Yeah, but and even he's if he's going to make some serious moves on, and her. whether or not it becomes like a full-on romantic relationship, it's like nope. Like they like they clearly now will have will have some kind of budding, tense friendship relationship, whatever you want to call it. And and because and ever since this episode, it's gonna, there's going to be a hint of like. Will they? Won't they? I don't fucking know. Yes. Yes. At the very least, it'll be a constant thing of, but Dukat, just stop. Just stop. Wait. Yep. Wait. Is Dukat, is Dukat going to be the, is, is Dukat going to be the, the new Bashir for Kira? Oh. <laughs> right, no, no. You're well, welcome for that one. thought. You're welcome for that thought. I'm sure there was already many many fan fictions about it and i do not want oh to yes them. oh i'm oh, i'm not looking I, them no. up at all never <laughs> i do not chip it i'm sorry <laughs> do not nope. chip it no thank you but what do you think nope. of the episode proper i thought it was pretty good i wasn't expecting that um depth from ducat's character which is not fair because this episode or rather this show is quite good at providing character depth for all even recurring characters, not True. even just the main characters, but so you know, you just oh, I'm I'm feeling sympathy for you, even though you're kind of an asshole. I don't get it. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I yeah. think for me it was it's that I did, it, like I I figured that at some point I figured that at some point they they, they would show more depth to 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 Ducat's character, but I didn't. I think I don't think that this was the direction that i expected him to go i didn't expect the whole arc of i had a mistress she was bajoran i we have a child this is very conflicting feelings for me especially with my new position like i was not expecting that yeah i thought it was an interesting episode because it's set up as a cure episode and then it becomes a ducat episode which is yeah. interesting uh yeah i was not expecting that where it seemed more like ducat was going to be the one being like tricky and traitorous and fucking shit up and there was the way reason it got shut down was some like horrible reason he's gonna cover it up or something classic ducat shenanigans oh yeah shenanigans but then you realize eventually that like uh lord akram the person like been dead the whole time doesn't really matter it's like oh it's all about his daughter right that's the entire reason for this episode which i thought was uh very interesting and uh that's an interesting idea of, of him telling kira sort of on purpose to make her stop him which is interesting yeah she's basically like why would you tell me this if you didn't want me to stop you mm-hmm. like, just kill her secretly i think you deep down don't want to do this yeah yep yeah, yeah, yeah part of part of him even when he even going into it was him realizing like i don't want to do this i i want to at least give you the opportunity to stop me because i'm not even sure at this point whether i'll go through it whether whether i'll go through with it or not like he was so unsure until until Zial was just like, "Well, then go ahead and do it." 
because I'm not because li- I'm not living without you. You're literally you are my dad, and I can't go on. I've been waiting for several years for this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a sh- shitty life that girl yeah. has led up to this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Like you're the bastard child of this person, uh, you know, love child of these two people who hate each other, and then you get abandoned and mine stuff for six years, and then your dad shows up to save you, and he's like, "I'm gonna murder you." <laughs> like, mm-hmm. yeah. That's uh, uh, yeah. It's a rough. That's a rough couple of years, man. Thing is, though, was was she the love child of these two people who hate each other? Because when she saw they love him, each she, other, yeah. She wasn't like, oh, it's you. It was, you know, oh, it's you. This is, yeah, I, no, I, I think dreamed he was a about loving, you saving me. Yeah, he was a loving father. I just remember the majority people in general. It's true. Yeah. Versus I think that Ducat truly loved his mistress, and probably vice versa. Mm-hmm. Um, it didn't seem like it was a slave situation at all you know definitely seemed like yeah it was a secret torrid love affair situation mm-hmm. that neither could do because their people would fucking hate them for what they do right you know? oh yeah i did i did find the breen particularly interesting mostly because the nerd in me when it was like when it was like oh you need to live in these suits to go off world it reminded me of the quarians from massive from the mass effect game yeah. series who, who yeah. themselves have to like live in suits both on their ships and when they're off their ships because because the, because their world got like taken over by taken over and like war torn war torn by these super badass ai robots that, that 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 they built who then kicked them off and they were just like and they're like okay well we can't really survive without these suits on any other planet okay body suits for life yeah wow. yeah like uh, galaxy yep yeah 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> It was also funny because the reason they have the suits is like highly susceptible to our diseases. Mm. So it's funny when you romance the one girl and she's right. like, once I have sex, she's like, it's worth it. And then the next day she's like, I have a cold, but it's fine. Yeah, she's, it's, it's, she's like, yeah, she's like, you know what? I got some sniffles, but totally worth it. Well, I would totally do it again in like, you know, five minutes. Let's go. Oh, Tally. Right? I love her. She's so cool. Yeah, that's yeah, really cool. It was a cool design. I mean, like big blocky weird yeah. face robots <laughs> they did really look pretty like old school star trek very i mean old like star trek. better but still old school star trek oh yeah for sure very right. much and also we have uh cassidy starting yeah, to at least make the appearance of wanting some you know commitment oh, with a capital oh, c and cisco oh loses his shit and everyone's like why this is by far the most flustered, unprepared Cisco. Like, <laughs> he's dealt with the Klingons revolting. He's dealt with the Dominion showing up with like total confidence. But his girlfriend, but a woman, man. Yep. <laughs> oh, he's no. just like, ah, 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 ah. That's fine. What do you mean? It's fine. <laughs> it's a, it's a big step. What do you mean? It's a big step. It's, a big it's step. a big step exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and then when he tells Bashir and Dax, and he walks away, and there, and, and, and Dax is like, "So what do you think of Cassidy living on, living on the space station?" And Bashir's just like, "It's a big step." <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, "Said it's a, at least you didn't say it's a very big step." Oh no, you yeah. didn't say it's a very big step, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. what, what, what was fu- what was funny about that scene though is is that is that is that it gave me probably one of my favorite lines in this entire show so far where where uh, where quirk was like where, 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 fuck, what quirk, quirk, quirk was basically like who's like who's like 
who like, who knows more about women than I do? And Bashir was like, everyone. Everyone. <laughs> <laughs> it was my thought process as the show was happening. Like, Quirk says that in my head. I'm like, literally like, everyone. Everybody. Bashir, everyone. <laughs> it was great. Like, I, like, I... Like if 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 this said if this had been like a real thing like like if this was like actual reality and I was sitting at that table and Bashir had said that I would have just been like okay I need to go <laughs> I'm Quark <laughs> it's been nice knowing you um here here is some water and ice for your burn because you're gonna need it <laughs> <laughs> Bashir let me go treat you for your burns Quark yes yes. <laughs> 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 also just a awesome a little bit of feminism moment at the end where it's nice when he's like yes you, you should come live with me and get that job and she's like i already took that job yeah it's <laughs> like, like what in the world made you think i'm not I was waiting gonna, for you like, man like it. i got my own shit i want to do like that's whatever. right like it's still my life <laughs> you're just not you are just now in it exactly <laughs> it's like I, I was just doing the life, courtesy not... of letting you know before i did it exactly <laughs> exactly Exactly. That's all it was. It's just her wanted her approval. She wasn't like, I need you to tell me this so I can't do it. She's like, no, yeah. I, I would like it if you're in my life, but if not, then sorry. Right. Because yeah. it's like, we're job. dating. This is my job. So, I mean, I'm, I'm, le- I'm, just, I'm basically just letting you know the progression of my career. At the same time. Hmm? As a no, guy ahead, who has commitment issues. <laughs> as a guy who has struggled with commitment issues. Yeah. As a, a person walk going to live near you but not in your house is still great. I think that's actually pretty fine in my opinion. That's just where I am. Where like if my girlfriend was like, I'm moving into your apartment complex, I'd be like, I'm cool with that. <laughs> like that sounds Right. Great. I mean like, I can still it, go fuck off to my own private place. <laughs> no, exactly. <laughs> because and like and I know like I know like for like for me like for me, like li- li- living in the city that I'm in, it's like that that is as spread out and massive as it is it's like it, it's like if i got it's like if i got the opportunity to, to to move like just near whoever i was seeing i'd be like thank god now i don't have to like drive 45 yeah. minutes just to see you this is very true this is very true i hope we get to see golden cat's daughter again i hope she's not just a one-off character that would be or, neat yeah I having lasting so. uh, consequences for what he did, you know, whether good yeah, or bad. Yeah, yeah. Took a big risk, and I want to see what that comes of it. No, exactly. Yeah, and and, and consider and considering um, and, and and considering this show and, and and how and how there will be things that will have happened like a season or so, or even a couple of episodes or so before, and how they and how and how they come back, and it's like, hey, remember that one line or that one scene? Here is how it turned out. Like, I I'm fairly certain that that, that we'll get to see what consequences do cot faces so so that is not a doubt i have right but for but for me i will say for cisco even before that final scene like i at he should have been able he should with a, a man a man as eloquent as he is should have been able to explain in words but but i kind of knew where he was coming from where he was like he's where he was like i haven't been in a serious relationship since my wife yeah. This is a lot for me. I'm sorry. Like that really should have been the first thing out of his mouth. He would have been like, "Okay, first off, I'm very happy for you, babe. To- ba- like, babe, babe, totally happy for you. Really am. Let me just tell you ahead of time. 
I'm fucking nervous because this hasn't <laughs> been a thing for me in so long, and I have no idea how to take it now because I because it because I haven't had to woo a woman for at least 18 years before Jake was born, so I don't know what the fuck I'm doing anymore. Right. It's like well, but see that's, that people. that presumes that people on D Space Nine are good at communicating. This is true. Yeah, actually, you're right. What you know, even in 200 years in the future, we still can't quite convey our feelings in a simple way. That's right. Humans yeah. have not gotten all of their shit figured out. We are <laughs> we are still deer in headlights when it comes to difficult conversations with the people we love. For you, the listeners of Geek Space 9, Gamefly is offering a premium free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. And you guys, if you are gamers out there, and I'm sure if you listen to Star Trek, you very well could be a gamer, you guys have to check out Gamefly.com. They have over 8,000 new releases and classics available to rent for Xbox One, PS4, Wii U, and a lot of older systems as well. And get this. You can have any console game or handheld game delivered directly to your mailbox that you get to have as long as you want. And I don't know about you guys, but if you've gone to the game store lately and bought a new AAA game, you'll find out that things are pretty dang expensive. And you could be $60 in a hole of a game you don't even like, whereas in Gamefly, you can just send that bad boy back, get a new one in, and keep that one as long as you like. There are never any due dates or late fees. And get this, now Gamefly actually lets you rent Blu-ray and DVD movies as too. So if you're a nerd like me and still get your movies in the mail the old-fashioned way, old-fashioned as in 2005, then you're going to love Gamefly.com. Plans start with one disc a month for $15.95, but as mentioned before, you can get a free 30-day trial by going to GameflyOffer.com slash GS9. Again, that's GameflyOffer.com slash the letter G, the letter S, and the number 9 for your free 30-day trial. No, Sarah, would you like to tell us about uh, Rejoin, which is an episode? Oh my God, yes, please! I certainly would. I have been waiting for this episode since we began this podcast, (laughs) and it is finally here. So let me tell you about season four, episode six, Rejoined. Captain Sisko notifies Lieutenant Dax that a group of Trill scientists will be arriving soon at Deep Space Nine to perform experiments related to wormhole physics. Cisco tells Dax that the head scientist is Lenara Khan, played by Susanna Thompson, and offers to grant Dax a leave of absence while the Trill scientists are aboard, but she turns it down. Upon Dax and Khan's first meeting, Major Kira notices that they are very familiar with each other. Dax tells Kira that Khan used to be her wife. In Quarks, Kira and Bashir explain to a confused Quark that Dax's previous host, Tarias, was married to Khan's previous host, Nilani. However, Tarias was killed in a shuttle accident and Nilani became a widow. When Nilani died, the Khan symbiont passed on to Lenara. Kira cannot understand why Dax and Khan can't simply pick up where they left off, but Bashir explains that it is strictly against the rules of Trill society to acknowledge it in any way. Rekindling a relationship with a love from a past life is called reassociation, and the Trill feel it is unnatural as the point of joining is to allow the symbiont to accumulate experiences from many lifetimes. When moving from host to host, the symbiont must learn to let go of the past and move on from family and loved ones. Kira believes there must have been some Trill who have reassociated, and there have. They were exiled from Trill society and their symbionts died with them. 
There is nothing more important for a joined trill to protect the life of the symbiont, and therefore Bashir believes Dax will not act on any feelings she may have. At the welcome reception for the trill scientists, Dax and Khan warm to one another's company once more. Afterward, they begin to socialize as they work together on Lenara's wormhole experiment aboard the Defiant. They agree to have dinner, but also to bring Bashir along as a chaperone to at least give the appearance of better complying with Trill Reassociation rules. At the dinner, Bashir feels out of place and is effectively <laughs> ignored by the two Trill ladies. Returning to the tests, Lenara creates the first artificial wormhole in history, and Jadzia hugs her in celebration. Khan's brother, Bajal Otner, played by Tim Ryan, who is on the science team, speaks to her separately and highlights his concerns regarding her contact with Dax. Despite this, Lenara goes to Jadzia's quarters, and a discussion between the two leads to a passionate kiss. Khan leaves before it goes any further, which is entirely unrealistic, but whatever. <laughs> Dax confides in Cisco that she still is in love with her former wife. He reminds her that trail customs mean that if they resumed their relationship, then they would be exiled from their home world and their symbionts would never be joined with a new host, but adds that Dax will have his support either way. Khan and Dax continue to work on the experiment, but it goes wrong and the Defiant is severely damaged. Lenara is injured in the explosion, but Dax rigs a force field across a plasma fire that allows her to reach Lenara. Sharing an embrace, Khan tells Dax that she doesn't want to lose her again, and Dax agrees. After returning to the station, Khan recuperates from her injuries. Jadzia suggests that Lenara do further research with her at Deep Space Nine instead of returning to Trill, and that she is prepared to pay the price for the reassociation. Lenara, however, feels that she cannot give up everything she worked for and ignore the rules, despite feeling that a part of her is missing without Dax. Khan wants to think it over on Trill for a little longer, but Dax says that if Khan leaves on the transport tomorrow, they both know that she will probably never return. Worf escorts the other Trill scientists to the airlock while Dax observes from above, still hoping Khan will stay. However, Lenara arrives soon after. She casts one lingering look at Jadzia and the grief-stricken hosts part, probably forever, because television lesbians can never be happy. <laughs> what did you guys think of this episode? This episode was so, everything. So I definitely want to hear your thoughts, Sarah. Obviously, we both... Really I have thoughts. a lot of feelings. <laughs> so I'll just give you my honest, my very honest reaction to this episode, mm -hmm. which is, it's not fair. It's not fair. <laughs> Why? <laughs> so sad. Oh, uh, my God. I spent the entire episode going like, <laughs> yeah. Was, I will say no, this, is, this is not the first time that a couple on Deep Space Nine, lesbian or otherwise, has you know been separated by unfortunate events see kira and what's his face the priest and see also Bro. jadzia and the guy <laughs> who also face. has spots and and even and even and even quirk, and even quirk and, and even quirk and that and that cardassian woman who was yes just, who was yeah with, like, and uh, and Worf from tng and his, uh, his, yeah. his klingon bride mm. Uh, so ironically, O'Brien seems to be the only one not suffering. Oh, you know, this is the one. The, the writers decided this is the one area where he, where O'Brien will not suffer. They were like, "You right. will have a happy marriage. You, someone has to have a good relationship here. Someone has to be happy." 
So, so I'll say <clears throat> that before this episode, I was a little worried um, because 90s PC is very interestingly problematic. Yes. Mm-hmm. This is the first time where we were trying to have gay characters and, and interracial couples and, and disabled characters and many of these things. And it often felt, this is where I think people have the idea of token characters come from. I don't think it's mm-hmm. as much of a thing anymore. It definitely was a thing in the 90s. And I, I still think, think it's even, kind of a thing. It can be for sure. And, yeah. and, I, and I think the lesbian subplot episode, there was this whole term called the lesbian kiss episode, which yes. I'm sure, mm-hmm. which is often a great ratings because men find lesbians attractive, let's be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was very worried that it was going to have a very 90s PC way of looking at it, and it was so fucking well done. And so they did such a goddamn good job of making you think that this is a relationship that is once in a lifetime in 40 minutes so that like you have to at the end then go this fucking sucks it <laughs> was true love fucking sucks and what i even like too is i think that jadzia and lenara unjoined would be in love with each other they have this very interesting little thing where they say we're much more alike than tarias mm-hmm. and uh right uh-huh. and, uh-huh. and, and the other woman i came with, and lonnie never were i think like they just as like the individual people would be in love with each other. And so it makes it just even worse. Even worse because the people love each other and the symbionts love each other and the the joined pairs love each other. And it's just so sad. Yeah, I mean I mean because, because like the like trills the- are homophobes. I mean reassociation phobes or right, and whatever. That's, that's what makes it obvious is like it could have been a guy and a girl like it could have been the exact same story with a guy and a girl but obviously by making it two women it adds this wonderful extra layer to it and it's brilliant okay yeah, and, and, I, and, and like and the part the parts for me that made it like so painful so painful when 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 Lenara left at the end is is when is when they would be talking like just having a conversation or, or when or when they were arguing and how you saw them as Lenara and as Jadzia and 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 and, 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 and as Jadzia go back to being Tarias and Nalani, having that argument of "I lost you once, you knew mm. the risk, I knew the risk," and like that was so painful because it was like because because like you could just you we were able to get a very visual, visceral represent like like representation of how much these two like how much these two in their past lives loved each other how like they literally parts missing from life could not take could not take it it was i i, I can't make sentences <laughs> i'm failing we are so angry i really just am sad. because i wanted this to be a thing <laughs> it's just a feels episode it's just all feels coming out uh, so many feels so, so I'm, I'm very curious, Sarah, how you feel this represented lesbian relationships in general. I thought it was actually, I mean, you were talking about, you know, how 90s PC or whatever could make it, it could have potentially been very, very awkward and been very obviously, you know, the lesbian kiss episode. But it just, it felt really real and it was well acted and treated so respectfully. And you know, I think actually of everybody, and all of the uh, the characters, Quark was the only one who kind of was like, "So they're two women," but everyone else is like, 
Well, it's it's the trill thing. Like the the trill thing is what's weird about this whole situation. But why do the do people care that it's two women? No one addresses that at all. Well, there is a frustrating lack of gay relationships on the show. This is true. The assumption that gay relationships are very common and normal in Star Trek. Right. Exactly. Right. From this episode. Yeah. Although in Star Trek Discovery, we will have our very first openly gay uh main cast member wait really or main main crew member yes uh i didn't know about anthony rap is playing a gay alien right i don't know if he's alien or if he's just a human okay character yeah i thought i read he was an alien but regardless yeah besides the point he is a crew member yeah (laughs) he's gonna be gay we're gonna be gay (laughs) 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 and all three of us instantly have a potential favorite character (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yep may, may, may just say, but, may um, just say um, the the the, the, di- the dinner party when the scientists first got to the space station I really liked that initial reaction n- not reaction initial interaction between Jatsi and Lenara um, because 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 of, because of what you said Ben how, how this could have been anyone man woman whoever it just happens to be two previously previously joined previously married whatever people and how even that interaction was just like that that they could have taken taken out everything about 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 them being about them having symbionts inside them it just had had to be like and it just had to be like this is just a this is a normal ass budding romance because it was it was so natural just watching them where they were just like we're talking and everyone else is really just trying really just wants to see what happens like t- take out that awkwardness of reassociation. And it's like, and it's like, it's it's like having all of your fr- like having all of your friends, their friends, your friends, different parts of the room. Like they, they're like, yes, we finally got them in the same room. Oh my god, they're talking, and everyone's trying to mm-hmm. not watch, even though they really are. <laughs> and the, and then there's Bashir, who basically just sitting in the chair, who's just like, I'm right here watching this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It does something that I think Brokeback Mountain does very well as well, which is that it's very hard to hide an illicit relationship. Uh, people know. People learn pretty quickly. There's yep. just a way you talk about someone or you're around someone or you treat someone that is obvious. And to see those same scenes that I've seen in, in movies about homophobia done in this episode when it's not technically about homophobia but obviously is about it, um, is so interesting and so well done because it isn't the sort of like what 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 you two were together it's like as soon as they see them together they're like come on guys yeah no something's going on you know and you Terry don't hug Farrell somebody like that. and Susanna Thompson just has such good chemistry I really do and also yeah, Susanna really Thompson do. is like unbelievably gorgeous like oh my Jesus god yes Christ, the dresses and stuff she wears is like oh my god oh <laughs> like, no, yeah whoever did the costume design for those dresses spot on thank you yeah jeez <laughs> sarah's having more feels <laughs> I, I i i'm honestly sarah just expecting you to like pull up to pull a box of tissue out of nowhere and just be like guys you the t- just talk so much yourselves i'm gonna be i'm gonna be over here for like three minutes i need a minute <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be lexa brand no <laughs> oh my <laughs> <laughs> Listen, apparently in one of the newer episodes, they show that Clark has hung this picture of Lexa that she drew on her wall. And so now all of the Klexa fans are incensed. Once again, the salt has returned (laughs) in full force. 
Uh, you thought you were flow. done with us. The salt must flow. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, Star Trek, um, in in my opinion, has a you know a limited history dealing with. Well, this is the only instance I know of dealing with homosexuality, but you know various other social issues. They do it very well. Re. Um, in the next generation, there's an episode called Outcast, which, yes. like this episode, yes. isn't about homophobia. That episode isn't about transgender issues, except it totally, totally is. is. It totally and is. it's great and beautiful and actually has an arguably even sadder ending than this one does. <laughs> so go go watch there. it if you want to know. But it's, it's just so good. Well, I think this episode also just shows that... Uh... Hey, guess what? When two people are in love with each other and society says no, it sucks. Exactly. <laughs> it, is, yep. it is very much hope is a classic example, but it, it could be class system, it could be caste system, it could be mm-hmm. different races. It's it's always been around and but you know, it, it, it very much is a very universal story. But again, I think by making it two women, it automatically just gives a visual imagery of it. One thing I will say, the only thing I didn't like this episode, and it was something that I heard about uh, in relation to an unpopular episode, uh, it is the episode that follows best of the best of both worlds, um, which is an episode where it's like everyone just goes home after like this horrible thing that just happened, uh-huh. and uh, in particular, Picard goes home. It's called Family, and uh, and it's uh, season four, episode two of Next Generation, and everyone just goes home after this horrible thing happened. And in particular, Picard goes home and just like kind of hangs out with his family and then realizes like he has horrible PTSD from becoming a board. Um, and it's a great episode, but I remember when I read that when they're pitching it, uh, one of the producers, I think it was um, uh, Rick Berman, was like, I don't want no, I don't want this episode with no sci fi stuff. You know, like, and this episode had no like real sci fi stuff in it. Like you have to have some sci-fi thing, and I felt like that was kind of a note in this episode where like, I didn't know why we needed the ship explode stuff. It was like I felt like that was just a bit of a stupid note of like we need to have something big and sci-fi and a big action scene. It's like well, it's already dramatic. Like these people are dealing well, with huge societal issues. That's that's my only complaint. This yes, but it gave the opportunity for there to be a, you know life or death moment with Jadzia and Lenara, and then Jadzia gets to save her life. And Lenara is like, I don't want to lose you guys. So it's very clear that Lenara, Lenara has the same feelings that Dax is having. She's just like terrified. Of- to me, I feel like they already established it. That's my thing. I feel like it was unnecessary for me. I feel like maybe because of the time this was created in, it didn't hurt to have to establish it more than once. It's like, you see, they're actually in love. It doesn't matter. They're both women. Right. They love each other. It's important. <laughs> Get it through your homophobic just, heads. Just, you need to be a little bit more obvious. <laughs> yeah, look, look. Yes, considering this was, according to Fair. Wikipedia, this was the fifth American television show to feature two women kissing. The first one being in 1991 with L.A. Law, and this was four years later in 1995. So, you know, big progress starting in the 90s, but still it was very early on for this sort of thing. Yes. So I can I can see the need to, you know, hammer it into people's heads. 
That's right. I appreciated right. getting more expressions of love. <laughs> Sarah just wants all the love and then the sadness. Yes. <laughs> Aw, now Sarah's pouting. You gonna be alright, Sarah? Yes. No. Let's <laughs> add another to the list of sad lesbian relationships. <laughs> At least they don't die. <laughs> Question mark. Yeah. I want you to play uh, uh, Life is Strange, but... Uh, we'll no, no, I don't want to yeah. play. It's, it's I know too. both of the endings, don't and one's going to make me it, sad, please. and one's going to make me angry. <laughs> you don't want to be sad or angry. Mm. I like how yeah. both of us knew exactly what you were talking about. We're just like, shut up, Ben. Doesn't um doesn't Ashley Birch, Birch voice one of those characters? She does. She she voices yes. Chloe. Oh, lesbian character. My feel. <laughs> I would have more feeling. I know now Aloy is in it too. Yeah. Uh, oh my god. This is Max. Uh, we need to end this podcast. I have too many feels. <laughs> feels overload. <laughs> Is there any more feels we need to talk about for uh, rejoined? Ah, uh, I'm good. Just how cute Bashir was when he was so incredibly bored on their date. Oh yeah, <laughs> why am I here? Sitting I'm there with his head bored. in his hands, like they're not talking to me, they're ignoring me. <laughs> and, the, and the second he gets a call, he was just like, "I gotta go." Peace. Have fun, you two. Don't do anything I wouldn't do. <laughs> it's not what he said, but he was totally thinking it. Yeah, no, absolutely. Also, by the way, just just side notes there. This is just a minor spoil for Life is Strange. It, it's like one of those games where you can make choices all the time, and there's one choice yeah. where it's like Chloe's like, "What would you do if you would just like to kiss me right now?" And then the choice is like, "Kiss Chloe, don't kiss Chloe." And then at the end, it shows you how many people pick which one. Kiss Chloe's by far the most that has ever like it's like ninety nine point five percent. Like it's like everyone's like we get that this is a great relationship. What are you talking about? Come on. Yes. All right. Well, that will do it for uh, our feels heavy episode. Next week uh, we're gonna get a little bit of break from the feels because I happened around one of these episodes is silly. Yeah. Finally. For a silly one. And I hear we're getting a silly one. So next week we'll be discussing season four, episode seven, and episode eight, which are Starship Down and Little Green Men. As always, I want to thank my lovely co-host for joining me every week on this journey. Our theme song is by Captain Meat Shield. You can check him out on Twitter at CPTN underscore Meat Shield. And also thanks to Sarah for uh, hosting and uh, running out the right for rejoining. So thank you, Sarah. You did a You're great welcome. job. We are a part of the Tuscan Shed Media Network. You can see more of our shows at TuscanShed.com. If you like the show, like, subscribe, rate, and review it any way that you can. It helps us find new listeners. Until next time, this is the crew of Geek Space Nine signing off. Bye, guys. Thanks for listening. <laughs> <laughs>